to another episode of Inside the Recording Studio. I am Jody Whitesides, and with me, as always, is Mr. Chris Hellstrom. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing a lot better than you are. I know that. <laughs> but uh, let's yeah. just leave it at that. I'm not even going to ask how you are, but I'm glad right. you're here, and I'm glad we're going to talk about vocal chains here for the next better part of a half hour, right? Yeah. So, yeah, right. baby. Question that comes up by creating vocal chains and how people process this. And uh, we thought we'd dive in a little bit deeper on that. We're going to have some audio examples showing our process here as well. So, Yes. One thing to note is that we actually have covered the process in an episode about mixing lead vocals in the we past. Sure have. Yeah. We didn't go as in depth as we're about to, but we at least covered it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we have talked about it, but this one will have some audio examples. And for people that haven't heard that, well, go back and listen to it. We both have very, very similar processes when we do this kind of stuff. And it gives us a good baseline, regardless of musical style, I yes. think, to kind of get going with this. So mm -hmm. this will be all inclusive. Everybody get along. Yay. <laughs> what we're talking about now is want to point out that if you're doing any kind of processing on the way in as you're tracking your vocal, it really is imperative that you kind of know what you're doing. What because do you I mean think by that? Well, because I think it's really, really easy to overcook stuff. Mm -hmm. And of course, if you're at a level when you're experienced and you know that this is how I need the vocal to sit, then go ahead. There's something to be said by getting it right at the source. We talk about that all the time. Mm -hmm. If you get a little overambitious with a compressor or even EQ and stuff, it might be very, very difficult if that's not ideal in the mix, right, to kind of undo those steps. Well, mm -hmm. one thing that's really difficult to undo, and this is something that I just came across doing some mixes the other day, is... The record level that I was given, fantastic, right where it should be. Problem is, singer, right on the mic, distorting the vocal, singing so loud and right on the mic, going into the record chain. Wow. Can't undo that. Right. It's done. Because <laughs> right. he's distorting so the mic. Wasn't distorting the recording in and of itself, it was distorting the mic on the way in, which is unfortunate. You can't undo that. That is unfortunate. And I don't know this person or this artist. Is this a guy that is um, more used to playing live as opposed to a recording situation? Is that what happened there? Or I think so. Just, yeah. I think so. So it's something to be said for that, where you're playing in a very aggressive band or you got that handheld mic and you're screaming. Works awesome live, right? But when <laughs> it it's can. recorded for all posterity, maybe not so much. Yeah. We're getting a ride to the source. A couple of things that we're going to do here. We're going to play a vocal that you actually recorded. Before we listen to that, maybe you can tell us, because you did have a little bit of processing going in, mm -hmm. right? And what did you do? First of all, the very first thing in the chain is the actual microphone. Mm -hmm. Which it is? is a C12 by Telefunken, which is a recreation of the AKG C12. An absolutely amazing vocal mic. That is running directly into 
Groove tubes Vipri. What are you doing with a Vipri? Just as a pre, just to get It's a mic level, pre basically. to get a level. And the idea of using it in the lead vocal capacity, it was set at 2,400 ohms as it does have the ability to change the homage, which changes the character of the mic. From the 2400 ohm setting, it goes out the Groove Tubes Vipri into the Apollo, which is running a Neve 1073 EQ that has a very, very slight, maybe not even one dB bump at the high shelf. It has about a dB being removed at 700. And then it has about slightly over a dB on the low shelf at 110 and then a high pass filter at 160. And that might seem a little confusing to some people. The reality of that right there is that the high pass filter does have a fairly gentle slope and it was cutting off enough of the low end that I needed to bump the low end back up just a hair to get the girth back, so to speak, without it being rumbly below that. The overarching thing here I, that I think we should stress is that these are very, very minor moves. Especially even, in the EQ, yes. Right. Even though that you're very comfortable doing what you're doing and where you want to get a vocal, no drastic processing on the way in here. Well, right? no, it wasn't needed in terms of the EQ. Now, there is one other item after the EQ on the way into the recording on the DAW, and that is an 1176 compressor, and it is set at a fairly slow attack time for the 1176. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's set at a really fast release time, almost at its fastest state, without maybe taking more than one to one and a half dB off of anything that's loud in the vocal. So it's set very, very mildly, and it's a four to one ratio, which is the least aggressive ratio on that. Hmm. And then it so goes right into the DAW. Right, because you're basically just catching like random peaks here, mm -hmm. should yeah. there be anything. Okay, yeah. let's take a listen to the dry vocal without any further processing on. So this is just the baseline, what we're kind of working with. We can get you up to move. 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 Oh, wasn't that just a lovely recording, Joe? Well done. <laughs> Thanks. What exactly right. did you do here in terms of anything else? Did you clean anything up? I did do that. Yes, I did. It was just slight noises in between the lines. I felt that the breaths that were there mm -hmm. were going to be more annoying oh. than adding emotion into it. It was just that kind of a song. So it's just removing some noise lip smacks, that type of thing, in between the vocal phrases. But that is it. There's been no tuning or any of that. This is where I would have done that. The reason why you're able to even do that is there's no noise gate on this whatsoever on the recording right. itself. Yeah. So if you're having issues with pitch, this is where I would recommend doing that before you even start adding anything else. The cleanup process, everything is going on. But that's it. This is really nothing done to this vocal at this point. Mm -hmm. So the first step that I added to this was through all these examples, 
using the uh, Slate virtual mix rack. Mm -hmm. And the first thing that we added here was the API console. Depending on how you listen to this, if you're listening to this on your phone, you, you're probably not going to hear any difference at all because it's very subtle. This adds a little bit of harmonics to the track, and it just felt like it softened it up a little bit. Let's take a listen to that. We can get you up to move. 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 Okay. Very subtle again, right? But now... Well, that's the I thing would... about this, though, is that these little subtle things, they add up. And the yeah. higher your track count, the more they add up, so to speak, because it's right. happening across multiple channels instead of everything trying to be done on one channel. That can be one of those things that can be a little bit tricky if you're dealing with like console emulations, like in this case, right? Or if you're just using a console plugin, you don't have to worry about it. It can be tempting to want to add more than is really necessary just to hear the process that's happening on each track. And it's, it's very subtle. It's more of a build-up thing. Mm -hmm. right? Also, in this case, I didn't feel like I needed to do any kind of filtering. Right. Like rolling off any low end because you had actually done a little bit of that at the recording yes. stage. Right. Neither high or low filtering is going on on my end. So I'm just moving straight on to some compression here. Okay. And I start with an 1176. I'm using four to one here. Pretty quick attack. It's 1176, right? Uh -huh. But I think I had it on like setting a three. So it's like 11 o'clock on the dial that releases the fastest. And I'm just taking off like 3 dB at the most. Let's take a listen to what that does. If you're listening here and trying to hear what's going on, if you listen to the beginning of each phrase where you sing the word we, mm -hmm. right, listen to how that is affected where it's kind of a little bit smoother. Here we go. Here's the compressed track. We can get you up to move. 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 What do you think? It's smoother. subtle. <laughs> it is subtle. Yeah. It's very subtle. <laughs> I was given a very, very nice vocal here, right? So it's, and also it's not like a track where it's like super dynamic. We just want to kind of tame it a little bit at this point. Well, to also be fair, this is the main phrase of the chorus of this particular song. It's not necessary for it to be massively dynamic. It's right. already no. pretty much, bam, here it is. Right. Exactly. Now, I feel like the low end, you mentioned that when you're recording it. At this point, I'm starting to add some EQ. I use the API EQ if you're playing along at home, but it doesn't really matter. I added 4 dB at like 200. Mm -hmm. I felt like it needed a little bit more weight here. For schnitz and giggles, I added like 2 dB at 5K just to kind of open it up a little bit more as well. In this audio example, just so you can hear, again, it's subtle, but now you're going to hear... The EQ'd line, the first line is EQ'd, the second isn't, and then processed again, and then unprocessed. Each line would be different here. So let's take a listen to that, shall we? We can get you up to move. 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 
Okay. Thoughts there. I felt like it warmed it up just a little bit. Again, subtle differences here. But it does. the EQ at this stage is essentially a sweetening EQ, right? We're just adding a little bit of that low end that I felt like it lacked, opening it up a little bit at the top. It's not correcting anything. It's just kind of making it a little bit nicer. Right. And I'd like to reiterate the fact that the reason why you're not doing any corrective EQ is the vocal that you were given was already really well recorded. Absolutely. <laughs> it didn't need it. Yes. As we're talking about vocal chains here, it's less about the subtle moves that I'm making on this vocal, but the order of things, right? We talked about that before. We've added some compression to keep the dynamics in check, and then it's a sweetening EQ. And of course, you should never do this just listening to a solo vocal. You would do it in the context of a mix, but for the purposes of this podcast, you got the vocal line only. So there. Both you and I are fans of using multiple compressors if yes. needed. This is, again, one of those cases where now I added an LA-2A. Mm -hmm. After all this, I think I had like 1 dB of gain reduction here. This would be to just kind of even it out a little bit more with those EQ curves. That, well, let's that think there. a little bit about these two different compressors that you are yeah. going with because they are two very different styled compressors as well. Yes. What's the difference between these two? Well, the 1176 that I used first is really, really, really fast and aggressive. Mm -hmm. To me, that's a great one to kind of catch peaks that are early on in the processing chain. It does, I can add some attitude. Now, if you don't have an 1176, it's worth saying that you could have any compressor here, but you might want to think about attack times and things like that. Mm -hmm. I just happen to like an 1176 in this particular application. Now, the LA-2A, to me, is a lot smoother. It's a slower attack of a compressor, mm -hmm. and it's a lot gentler to my ear. So well, there's a like reason for that, though. They're oh, two sure. entirely different kinds of compressors. That's what I was getting at. What ah, okay. type of compressor is the 1176? It was like a FET compressor. Right. And what type of compressor is the LA-2A? It's an opto compressor. There you so go. So it's a lot, yeah. There's so the big difference between the two. <laughs> right. Okay. So one is super fast and the other one is slower, right? right. So therefore that, that's how that affects the sound. But again, if you don't have these, use just whatever compressor you have and just think about attack times and that kind of thing. Right. But, but the process here was like, just to kind of even it out a little bit more. Babble, 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 Chris, let's take a listen to what that sounds like, okay? We can get you up to move. 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 All right, there it is. Thoughts, Jody? I like what it did. Good. Well, that's what we're kind of what we're going for here, right? Exactly. That, <laughs> so, that's, there's my professional opinion. I like what it did. <laughs> all right, nice. Okay, so next audio example we have is just going to take all the processing that we've done on and off again, right? So it starts with the processing on, comes off on the next line. You get the idea. Let's take a listen for that. We can get you up to move. 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 All right. Overall, it's pretty subtle. But mm -hmm. like you said at the top, it's those subtle little things that will add up 
and make your vocal shine. Shine. As an opposite to shine, sometimes you want to add <laughs> Here a little comes bit. Chris's of Chris's favorite thing to do. <laughs> yes. And uh, you'll see why now. This is not appropriate for every track that you're doing. This is last in the chain. Once I have my vocal grounded and sounding really, really good, what you can do is add a little bit of drive or distortion to the vocal mm-hmm. that can infuse a little bit of grit and attitude. Now, for this, I've used here, in this case, I've used a Decapitator by Sound Toys. Which is an awesome little distortion unit. Oh, I love it. Plug-in, you actually, could, not a unit. I'm actually using it really, really subtly here, or subtle settings, I should say. Mm-hmm. I've used the Pentode setting. You have different flavors in this, but this is the Pentode. And I'm barely just adding any drive. It's between like a value of like one to two. Now, it has a pretty drastic effect on the EQ and how it kind of shifts that. So what I've done with this one as well is I've added a little roll-off here to both the high end and the low end mm-hmm. because it just it got to be a little bit too much. Try to level match these as much as possible. Let's take a listen to what that does. Again, line number one and line number three are the processed ones. The other ones are not. Let's listen. We can get you up to move. 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 And there we go. There's our processed vocal chain, the way that I would use it. Now, of course, at this point, we haven't added any space effect, like reverb or delay or anything like that. Right. The other thing I'd like to point out, though, is that when you have it with a decapitator, the volume on it is actually relatively a little louder sounding. So it's a bit of an effect of saying louder is better, even though it's not technically. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's the, what I'm listening for when I use it, because you can completely slaughter sound with this thing. Sure right? you can. It's the little consonants and the little enunciations that can just have a little bit more of a snarl to them. You could probably go a little bit more aggressive than I did in this example, but you'd have to listen to it in the mix. Oh, yeah, right? of course. But if you have more extreme values, it might work great, but it would sound horrendous in solo mode, right? That's not what it's about. It's about how it sounds in the mix. So I like that idea. Now, if I'm doing a soul R&B thing, there, there's no decapitator on it. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if you're doing good, like, good, a, good. you know, a lo-fi hip-hop kind of a thing, or certainly like more an industrial type of thing, mm-hmm. yeah, raise that gain up and, and blast it as much as you need. It's a great way, I think, to add attitude to a vocal. Right. So, I agree. Yeah. You wouldn't do these changes in solo mode. Not for long periods of time anyway, but you would try to do it in the mix where you are. Maybe you want to just kind of like recap what the chain actually is that when we're kind of creating these vocal chains. All right. First off, we have the C12 microphone that is the recreation by Telefunken for the AKG C12. Going into the Groove Tubes mic pre, which is called the Viper, and then dialed in in terms of volume to be straight up, not too loud. Coming out of that roughly at around minus 18, going into the Neve 1073, which is imparting its little special stuff, slight bump on the high shelf, Slight removal at the 700 mark, 
slight bump at the 110 shelf, and then a high-pass filter at 160. With the fader set to come out of there again at minus 18 into the 1176, which is set with a very slow, relatively speaking, attack time, a very quick release time at a four to one, just to catch the little things that happen in a performance. Then as it stands, we're going into the API channel strip with an 1176. From the 1176, we're going into an API EQ with a couple little minor tweaks there, then adding a little teeny bit more compression with the LA-2, and then topping it all off with a little bit of decapitator. That's the entire chain that happened from front to back in recording in the steps of recording it, then the steps of mixing it. There we go. There we go. So that's your vocal chain. Spice as necessary. Let's move on to our Friday finds. Chris, what have you got for us this week? Well, being a Logic user, I'm obligated to say that Logic had the 10.8 upgrade. Mm -hmm. However, I'm not taking part because I'm not that on the bleeding edge of the OSs and stuff. If you're using it, have fun with it. I'm sure it's awesome. What I want to point out anyway, we're recording this around creeping up on Black Friday here. And just as we were talking this morning, I was looking at some of the UA deals that they have going on. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. There's some really, really good deals. I can't remember what they said it was now. It was one of the packages, but multiple of compressors, reverbs, all this kind of stuff. We even had the, the mini Moog emulation in there. Great stuff. And I think it was like $2.99. Oof. It used to be like one plug-in a few years ago. Well, right? it still is if you buy them individually off the site. <laughs> well, there you go. So that has to be my Friday find. Like all the amazing deals that you can find around this time of year. Like we're creeping up on Black Friday. What do you got, Jody? Well, I'm also in the UA camp. And UA literally yesterday announced an upgrade to their Spark system their plugins in general, and also released an update for Luna. So it was kind of a big day for UA yesterday. The well, new, good for you. You're yeah, a UA guy. I am. The new plugins that are coming out next week, if you purchase the upgrade now, is Sound City Studio, which includes reverb, console, and a couple of other emulations in it. It looks ridiculous. I can't wait to get my hands on it. They also came out with a capital mastering compressor, which is based obviously off of the Capitol Records mastering studio. Plus there's another electric keyboard, a vintage 88 key keyboard studio. I haven't read up about that, but it sounds cool. <laughs> I like electric pianos. <laughs> a lot of new stuff coming. <laughs> Plus, yeah. there's one more additional plugin that's already out, but it's part of the upgrade package if you have the ultimate or complete setup. And that is the Waterfall Rotary Speaker, which is an emulation of a Leslie. And it is by far and away the best emulation of a Leslie I've ever heard. It's pretty ridiculous. And it's probably a lot lighter, too, because the Leslie's a hefty beast. Yes. <laughs> and therein is my Friday find. Awesome. 
While we've got your attention, we ask that you go to InsideTheRecordingStudio.com and sign up for our mailing list. You'll need to be on our email list to be eligible for future giveaways, and we'll make sure you don't miss any future episodes of this awesome podcast. Send us an email at goldstar, G-O-L-D-S-T-A-R, at InsideTheRecordingStudio.com with the word chains, and you'll get something cool back in your inbox. If you have a topic or suggestion for Chris and I to explain in a future episode, contact us at the contact page, and we'll put it into consideration for a future episode. With that, I'll say see you next week. Thanks for listening, people. Have a good one, Jody. Bye.